Uh, welcome everyone to another Seven Oaks Sports Talk. My name is Steve Brenchley and I'm the Assistant Director of Sport and today we'll be discussing everything US universities from uh, the angle of sport. My three guests will be able to offer an introduction and a more detailed view from their first-hand experience. We are joined today by Lawrence Goodwin, who is Head of US and International University Applications here at Seven Oaks. Welcome, Lawrence, and thank you for joining us. Hi, thanks for having me. We're also joined by two of our current Year 13 students. Uh, Maddie joined Seven Oaks in Year 12 and has recently won a place at Dartmouth and will be joining their sailing team. Welcome, Maddie. Hi, thanks for having me. And Sandy is also in Year 13, is an athlete, a sprinter to be precise, and he'll be attending Middleborough in the US to join up with their track squad. Welcome, Sandy. Thank you for having me. Great stuff. And um, can I start with asking a few questions to Maddie and Sandy? And um, can you provide us with a little bit of uh, background information, firstly about your your sporting background, and in particular um, your training, so your your normal training, and indeed your your current training at the moment? Could I start off with Sandy? Sure. Um, so my sporting background is relatively varied. Um, in the past, I played football, rugby, uh, dabbled in swimming, and have been fortunate enough to be supported by my parents throughout all of my ventures. Um, interestingly enough, I'd never run on an athletics track until I came to Seven Oaks. And when I joined in year seven that first summer term, I fell in love with the sport and have been pursuing it ever since. Um, so I, I have Seven Oaks to thank for that. Um, and then, sort of, in terms of my training, I mean, normally it's really quite full on. I have three club training sessions a week uh, and a gym session every day and then personal stretching mobility work to be getting on with as and when I possibly can fit it in. Uh, unfortunately, currently, obviously, due to the COVID restrictions and the pandemic, uh, my training capacity is somewhat limited. So I've been focusing more on strength and conditioning work using the limited weights that I have at home. And again, just trying to work on mobility and flexibility and core strength in any way that I can, really. Um, it's just been difficult to try and maintain a, a schedule and a regiment throughout this difficult period. Mm, of course, thanks. Maddie, can I ask the same question to you? Um, sporting background and then training under normal conditions and then during with the restrictions. Yeah, sure. Um, so similar to Sandy, I did quite a few sports when I was younger. I did rock climbing, um, running and tennis. Um, and I really only sailed in the summers. Um, I was sailing in Massachusetts uh, in a club that exists there. Um, and I started racing during the summers at around 11 years old. Um, but really, it was only a summer sport for me because uh, I couldn't really sail in London. But then I came to Seven Oaks and, um, well, they have a really amazing sailing team. And yeah, I kind of really fell in love with sailing and um so yeah, that's my experience on the sailing front and current training. Normally, um, we sail twice a week, uh, about five hour training sessions on Tuesdays and Saturdays. And in between, I go to the gym um, to do running and I run outside as well and a bit of uh, lifting, weightlifting. Um, currently, obviously, sailing is not possible. Uh, I live in Munich and yeah, not not much water near me. So I just go for a run every day um, and, yeah, try and do some strength and conditioning when it's possible. 
Great stuff. Sandy, can I ask you, it sounds like in an, in a normal, in an ordinary world, um, that your training is pretty extensive, you're three times a week on the track, plus the stuff that you're doing at school, plus the additional training, the stretching, the strength and conditioning. Now, one of the things that um, is, a, is a consideration for probably every student listening to this is, is managing the academics and your sporting commitments. Can you just tell me how you do it? Is it, is it simply a case of looking ahead, managing your deadlines, or is it utilizing your time properly, or, or is there another secret? That's a really good question. Um, it's taken many years in order to try and find something of a sensible balance to where I can excel and still enjoy my sport whilst also maintaining the academic level that I feel is acceptable, as do my teachers. But I mean, it, it sort of comes down to a, a few points. It's time management, extensive preparation as to you know when you've got your training sessions in the evening, when you need to get your gym in, and then working around that with your schoolwork, trying to get the work done as soon as you receive it rather than leaving it to the last minute, trying to make sure you can schedule work sessions and revision sessions within times that you know you won't be training, such as free periods or lunch times. And then another important thing is also with the actual training side of things is to train with quality rather than quantity. So if I can go to the gym and spend 40 minutes doing a session and come out of it feeling exhausted and have worked my hardest, that will benefit me much better than spending two hours messing around in the gym, not getting focused, not doing the exercises, taking too long in the rest breaks. And it's taken many years of being able to sort of find that balance between enjoying myself within my sport, but also staying dedicated to what needs to be done in order to reach the goals that I want to achieve. Mm. So, I mean, in your experience, and obviously as, as PE teachers, we clearly support the fact that the, the view that um, taking part in sport assists you with your, with your academic studies, but has, has continuing to dedicate yourself to sport, do you think that's helped you or has it hindered you in terms of your academic progress? I think it's had a marginal impact from both sides of it in terms of it's benefited me massively. Um, my sport being athletics is a very individual sport and you need to develop a sense of self-motivation in order to keep going, which I think is, I've been able to then apply to my academics and I've been able to become self-motivated and get myself into a mindset that will allow me to maximise my learning ability. However, ultimately, the amount of sport that I have done over the, these past few years, as you say, with school sport twice a week, as well as after school clubs, my own training sessions and gym and mobility work, it has inevitably taken away from time which I could have spent on my studies. Mm. So, again, it comes down to finding that sort of fine balance between both of them. Great stuff. And Maddie, can I ask the same question to you? How do you how have you managed to juggle I mean you're spending 10 hours a week on the water let alone all the other stuff you're doing the other training how have you managed to juggle your sporting commitments and your academic studies uh yeah so I think I find it really helpful to organize my time and like set a plan for each week to know when I'm going to be able to effectively work and have a rough idea of what work I'm going to have to do each day because that means that when I when I have gone sailing and I'm exhausted I don't feel there's no stress that I have to be working and it won't be very good quality so yeah I think a big thing is um, time management um, I also have found sailing actually quite helpful because it 
And I've also heard that in university, having a sport is quite helpful because it actually gives some structure to your life. And it, it you know, it causes you to actually need to write out your, your week and plan it so that um, instead of just pushing work off and off and off, you can um, do it very eff effect effectively. And then I have found that if I do have a test or a big project due the next day, I do often ask my, you know, not often, I mean, like when it's necessary, I ask my coach um, if I could take the training session off just to make sure that I can get my studies and my work in effectively. Yeah, you, you sort of alluded to it there, but even, I mean, even at a participation, you know, not at the level that you're at, even, you know, someone that's going out and exercising and walking and going for a jog or something like that, there is obviously the positive effects on learning and, and mental performance, um, which is probably even more important during lockdown because it, you know, helps people control their anxiety, reduces stress and things like that. But from a, from a performance point of view, um, to get to where you are, um, Maddie, this question is for you. You've obviously had to develop an array of mental skills, whether it be resilience or, you know, things like that, which I'm guessing that you're applying to the rest of your life as well. What I know it's a big question, but what, what do you think sport has taught you and what has it developed within your character? Yeah, of course. So um, sailing is firstly um, a sport that with every race, it changes. The wind is always changing. The current's always changing. So for sailing, especially, you need to be very adaptable. Um, and even if you, you know, have a plan initially um, during the race, you might need to change the plan. Um, and I think this adaptability and this idea of, you know, always making the best of your situation has uh, really helped me, especially during lockdown, when a lot of people are thinking, well, if lockdown hadn't been a thing, I could have done X and X. But I think sailing has really helped me just see that this is the situation and we have to make the best of it. Um, I also think sailing has really taught me um, really good teamwork and collaboration skills, because often there are two people in the boat. Um, and it's really important that you communicate effectively with each other about the race course um, and just what's going on on the water. Um, yeah. And I think another big lesson I've learned from sailing is, um, I mean, sailing is very scientific sports, very analytical. So I think it's really helped with my um, analyzing skills. Um, and yeah, I'm trying to think. Oh, yeah. And I guess with sailing in a race, if you if you don't do well or you capsize or something goes wrong, it's really important to not look back because if you continuously like are annoyed that you made that mistake, you can kind of hinder your performance for the rest of the regatta. But I think sailing's really taught me to always just look forward and yet again, just make the best of every situation. And that just is very, that really helps in life, in school and socially and yeah. Yeah, can I ask the same question to Sandy? I guess as, as, a, as a P department, I've, we've got, we, we have an emphasis on, on trying to develop the character and, and not taking it for granted that pupils that take part in sport or team sports will develop a character through simply taking part in the sport, but also how we can actually develop these characteristics that then transfer over into, into other, other aspects of your life. Sandy, can you just have a think and let me know what, what's, what you think sport has developed within your character? Yeah, sure. I mean, it's an interesting one because where Maddie was talking about the ability to communicate with another person who you're working beside, it's always been a mental dilemma for me because, as I've said, I think it's an incredibly individual event. You are competing for yourself and it's purely your own merit that will either win or lose you the race. 
And I think that in some regards, I may have lost uh, my capacity for discussion with other people whilst in an event, which I then find potentially impacts my football when I'm playing for school or something. But I also think that alongside that, it does teach you that you can do it yourself. And when you put in the hard work and you put in the grind and you wake up at five o'clock to go to the track when it's two degrees and you don't want to do it, but it just gets done. And then the race at the end of the month comes to fruition and you come first, second or third. It, it really teaches you that it is worth working hard for your goals. And it's really taught me that there is no substitute for hard work in whatever area of life, whether it be socially and working hard to maintain friends, whether it be academically in terms of my studies and obviously athletically with all of the sports that I throw myself into. Although bizarrely in con contradiction to that, another thing that athletics has taught me is you have to work incredibly closely with your coaches. You're constantly trying to improve and develop and you can pick up certain skills on the way, whether it be through different medias, whether it be through friends, however, your coach is your most invaluable source of information. And one of the skills that I have found I've managed to develop is the ability to know when I need to ask for help, when I need to go to my coach and say, look, I just can't get the hang of something and ask him to explain it in layman's terms and go back to basics in order for me to grasp a fundamental concept that I can then apply to a greater event such as a race. So one of the things that I've always struggled with being quite tall is the start in the 100 metres. So one of the first things that my coach did when we joined together a couple of years ago was we just went back to basics. We learned how the proper running form should start, where the position in the block should be, and we were incredibly vocal those sessions. There was very little talk about anything else other than how I was positioned, what I should be thinking about. Mm. And learning those skills in order to interact with one other person on a singular topic, I've been able to apply to school. When I don't understand a concept, I feel as though I am capable and willing to go to the teacher after the lesson or in a different time period and say, can you just explain it to me? I honestly have no clue. And I think that's really a beneficial skill to learn because I feel as though sometimes people feel embarrassed or nervous about asking for help because it for some reason relays badly on them in social terms but I think that's one of the most important skills I've managed to learn. Yeah that's that's really interesting thank you both of you for that I think it's it's fascinating to talk to um, Maddie and Sandy people like yourself who are high achieving um, on the sporting front and also academics as well and, and, and some valuable lessons for anyone listening. Lawrence can I come to you and um, I appreciate I'm going to ask you to generalise, and I know you hate to generalise, given given that you work hard to find the best fit institution for each student. But could you sort of paint me a picture as to how sports or academics or life differs at, at a US university uh, from a sport uh, from a student's perspective? Yeah, I mean, the idea of the student athlete is very embedded in American culture. Um, athletes and athletics are held in really very, very high esteem in the U.S. Um, on U.S. college campuses, athletics events are a major unifier of the school community. So un universities put huge amounts of money into facilities and athletics programs, which is great for students who value athletics, but who are also looking to have a high level of academic study. Um, in the UK, there are lots of universities that have wonderful um, facilities um, that, that do support um, 
students who want to play sport. Um, but at the U.S., in the U.S., I would say that it's just it's amped up quite a lot. Um, and there's a lot of connection between alumni communities um, and student athletes. So alumni from uh, at universities, U.S. universities will often come back to campus to watch current student athletes playing. Um, there's a real sense that um, it's a community event and the community um, gathers around athletics in a way that doesn't necessarily happen on U.K. campuses. Can you um, can you talk us through the application process and what sort of things are US universities looking for from the individual or is it, or is it simply about the exam scores? Yeah, I think it's it's important to understand um, the visions, the way that that US sport is um, is organized. Um, so the NCAA, um, and they're at ncaa.org if you're looking for more information after this, um, there are three divisions of athletics that students can participate in. That's uh, division one, division two, and division three. Um, and really the difference between those is not necessarily quality of sport. So it's not necessarily that division three is not as good as division one, but it has to do with what kind of um, money and incentives students can be offered and in some ways, what kind of experience they end up having. So in division one or div one, as people would say, um, you can have a multi-year, you can be offered a cost of attendance athletic scholarship and around 57% of student athletes are on one of those scholarships. Um, with Div 2, Division 2, um, they offer partial athletic scholarships and 60% of athletes are receiving aid that is related to their athletic ability. Um, and then in Division 3, there aren't any athletic scholarships. They don't give them out in Division 3, but 80% of athletes are receiving a non-athletics scholarship. So if you're thinking about going to the U.S. in terms of um, playing a sport, you probably also need to consider whether or not you're looking for financial aid or whether or not you're looking for some money to be attached to your athletic ability. Um, and then you need to proceed um, into trying to go into the correct route for you. Now, obviously, you need to be a very high level athlete um, to start with. And we always say county level and above, um, but it's useful if you're even a higher level than that as a starting point. Um, but of course, even if you don't receive a scholarship or play on a team as a recruited athlete, there are lots of opportunities to play sport in the U.S. So some people might find that um, going as a recruited athlete is not necessarily for them for whatever reason, um, but that they could go to the U.S. and experience sport in a different way than they would be able to experience in the U.K. Um, so that's kind of how the divisions work and what you would need to be thinking about when you were thinking about making an application and maybe which direction application would go into. Um, so in year 11, I would normally say to students, um, you would need to be thinking about where you might want to be going. You don't need to do anything necessarily other than work hard at your GCSEs. You don't need to do anything in terms of sort of reaching out to coaches and things like that because they won't necessarily want to speak to you yet. But it is a good time for you to start researching um, the type of institutions you might want to, to go to, to be thinking about what division you might be um, appropriate to play in or that you might want to play in. Um, and it might also be a good time for you to be thinking whether or not the U.S. model of um, student athletes is going to work for you. 
And if you decide that it does work for you, then in year 12, that would be when we would start thinking about targeting universities and colleges and reaching out to coaches and asking them um, if, you know, interested in recruiting you. So it's totally um, it's totally possible for you to do that on your own. There are lots of people who are consultants and they offer you help with that, but it is possible for you to get in touch with coaches and athletics directors on your own. Um, so I would always say you should feel free to contact a coach. I would say in your 12, I probably wouldn't do it before that. Um, and you can do that by email or via a contact form on the college website. Um, Maddie and um, Sandy can probably tell us a little bit more about how their process particularly worked. Um, but that's, that's a brief kind of overview of the timeline of applications and some information that you need to have in terms of divisions um, before you get started if you're an athlete. Mm, that's great. Thanks, Lauren. I'll, I will come back to you shortly, but can I just throw this over to um, Sandy and Maddie? Maddie, can I perhaps ask you first, why are you apply, um, why did you apply for a university in the US and what's attracted you? Uh, yeah, sure. So my mother actually went to a U.S. university and she loved the experience and she is um, from Missouri. Um, so she always wanted me to go to a U.S. university. And as I started uh, to you know, look into what a uni U.S. university offers, I really liked it. I didn't really know what I want to be yet. And in the U.K., to not know what you want to be is quite difficult when you're applying to university. You need to apply to specific courses. And in the U.S.A., you apply for liberal arts. You don't apply in most cases, you don't apply with a decided major, which I really liked. And I also really liked, you know, the flexibility. I could. It's a bit like the IB in that you can still explore different subjects um, whilst, you know, pursuing your major once you've decided it. And I really liked that. And I also really liked the community and culture that comes with US universities, especially the sports. Um, sports is a big thing, as Ms. Goodwin said, in USA and um, you know a lot of time and money goes into the sports which I and as I really wanted to do sailing um, this like seemed like a really good option for me so yeah that's the main reason why I wanted to apply to the US. And how have, how have you found the application process can you give us a personal account obviously I expect you to be particularly glowing about the admission staff and school that have helped you and considering they're on the call. Yeah no um, it was uh, it is a lot of work, but it's actually, you know, once you've finished it, it's very satisfying and actually quite enjoyable while you do it. You learn a lot about yourself. Um, and uh, so just an, a quick overview about the general application process. Um, what I did is you start writing your common app, which is the essay that goes out to basically every single school. Um, and that's kind of the message that you want to give to every single university, the thing that you want every university to know about you. Um, and then each uh, school will have supplemental essays. Um, and then depending, so there's in the US, there's early decision and regular decision. So early decision, you can apply to one or two schools early um, in by November 1st. And for regular decision, you would apply by January 1st. And um, Sandy and I, I think, did early decision. Um, and so I, you know, I wrote those supplements first. Um, and yeah, and I applied to that school and luckily I got in. Um, but yeah, it's just a really great process. And you also you have to like choose the school. So the process of choosing your school is quite takes quite a long time. You have to think about what you want in a university. The US universities are all very, very different and offer very different things. So it's quite an interesting process. Um, and the admissions office, um, department are really helpful in this area of helping you decide what you are looking for, what the best fit for you is. Um, so yeah, that's like the application process. And then on a sporting side, what I did, 
um, was I emailed about in like last May. So May, April, May of lower six, I emailed a whole bunch of coaches um, in the US of US sailing teams. And then I just started talking with them. You you can, you know, you can organize Zoom calls and you just learn about their sailing teams. They learn about you and the conversation just continues to go forward. And then, I don't know, a couple of them took interest and put me through pre-reads, which are these things where the um, where they send your uh, your scores, your test scores, your extracurricular activities to the admissions department, um, basically asking, is it possible for me to recruit this person? Would they thrive in this academic environment? Um, and then once I had gone through the pre-reads, um, schools started to make decisions about who they wanted to recruit, to flag, um, or to just not flag or recruit at all. And so um, you, what you do have to do is you have to decide what school you want to go to at this point. And I chose Dartmouth. And then I told all the other schools that I was not up for recruiting or flagging. And then, yeah, and then I got flagged by Dartmouth. So, yeah. Great stuff. Sandy, can I ask you, firstly, um, why why universities in the US and how have you found the application process? Sure, sure. yeah. Um, the US was a choice for me for a multitude of reasons. Um, primarily, as both Ms. Goodwin and Maddie have said, their ethos surrounding sport is very different to the UK. So through the eyes of an athlete competing in athletics events, in the UK, it's very much a case of you go and seek out the university coach, you then attempt to get on the team, and the meets are few and far between. There aren't particularly regular university meets, and there isn't a scheduled league, so to say. So that wasn't particularly appealing to me. I wanted to be able to have everything within one place, and the US offered that. They offered the liberal arts course, as Maddie says, which gives me more time in order to choose where I want to spe uh, specify my academics, as well as offering a regimented sports program that has amazing social support, as well as funding and facilities. And to me, it just appealed so strongly that I chose to pursue this avenue for my further education. In addition to that, it's something new. It's pushing the both out. It was a break from the UK system, I suppose, trying something new, experiencing a different place, a different culture. That was a, a, a big draw for me. Um, how I found the admissions process, I, I did it slightly differently to Maddie. Um, I used an external consulting firm initially in the beginning, end of year 11, beginning part of lower sixth. And I used them extensively and their database in order to research universities, come up with a potential list use the consultants who I was provided with in order to understand the system better, the different divisions, the leagues, how the admissions process worked, how scholarships worked, and really utilise all of the resources in order to come up with a list of universities I wanted to apply to. Then actually using their emailing system and their contacts with these coaches, I reached out and started conversation with a number of them in order to get to know them better. We had phone calls and video calls. They were incredibly um, willing to show me around their campuses and give insight into their team and, the, and the, what the experience would be like. And from there, I continued conversation with the ones that myself and my parents decided suited me the best. And ultimately came up with Middlebury's being the 
idyllic situation for me. It was both willing to support me academically and athletically with phenomenal facilities, faculty, and their ethos matched mine perfectly. Mm, great stuff. Thank you very much. Lawrence, can I ask you as a sort of an overview? Obviously, we've had we've had personal accounts from, from Sandy and Maddie, but in terms of the application process, can you just give us a, a sort of general picture of, of when, how many universities you're applying to, how you find out which one and any other advice you have? Sure. I mean, I think um, Maddie and Sandy have both um, referred sort of vaguely to the fact that there is a lot that has to be done um, if you're making a U.S. application. And that's just normally and not if you're a student athlete. So if you're trying to get recruited, there is you know, a process that you have to go through that is a separate process to the actual application. Um, but as Maddie said, uh, there are application essays that you write. You write one main essay, um, and then you write supplementary essays that that give more reasons generally for why that particular institution is the one that you'd like to go to. Um, and, and what I would say about that essay um, and those supplementary essays is that a lot of athletes draw on their sporting experiences to write those personal statements. Um, and as Maddie referred to, the lessons that they learn while they're playing sport, you know, resilience, teamwork, organization, this all helps during the application and then um, afterwards when they actually go to university. So the, the essays are nothing to be worried about. And often student athletes have a deep well to draw from um, in order to write really effective, moving, personal essays about who they are and, and what they want out of life um, and their particular worldview. So beyond those essays that you write, um, you normally would start those in the end of lower sixth, um, and you would be finishing them up at the beginning of upper sixth, having worked on them over the, um, over the holidays. Um, there's also testing that uh, SAT and ACT testing. Um, we are a testing center for the SAT at Seven Oaks um, for Seven Oaks students only. Um, but what I would say about that is it's a very complicated landscape at the moment because the SAT is not going to be required for this year's lower six cohort um, generally because of the pandemic. And it may be that the year 11s as well, once they get to university um, applications, it's not going to be required for them either. So testing is something that maybe you don't need to worry about at the moment. But that is a component of most general applications. Um, so we start working on all of these things in lower six. We have a regimented program at Seven Oaks, um, which involves group work and one-to-one one-to-one um, -one meetings. Both Maddie and Sandy um, had to have many one-to-one -one meetings with me. We worked very, very hard to get all of their materials sorted in, in time for those early deadlines. But I, I don't know, guys, Did we, we did have fun, didn't we? I think we had fun. Yeah, we, we definitely did. <laughs> oh, a Haribo fest at one point. We ate a lot of Haribo while we were doing the applications. Um, but it, it is, um, it's a big process, but I guess what I would say is um, you don't need to worry about it until you're 12. Um, we help you through it the whole time. Um, I provide um, candy and a listening ear um, and, and help you get through all the application components when you need them. So if you're an athlete, they're slightly earlier than everybody else generally needs them, but that's not a problem. Uh, we help people regardless of what their situation is. Great stuff. And 
from, from last year's cohort, I mean, Sandy and Maddie are far from being isolated examples here of, of students from Seven Oaks going to the US. I, I think, and Lawrence, you'll correct me if I'm wrong, we had maybe sort of 50 students from last year's cohort go and study over in the US with the major California universities being the most popular. As I, as I sit here under grey skies, I've got no idea why, but is that the numbers we're thinking about? Yeah, so um, current, there were 60, I think 63 or 64 um, applicants in Maddie and Sandy's cohort, and we've got 80 in the lower six now. Um, so, so it is a growing um, area of interest for Seven Oaks students, um, and, but we have a very... Um, a very knowledgeable team who can help uh, everybody through that process. Um, so the numbers don't necessarily matter, although I do think it's nice for students applying to have other people in their year group who are also applying because then they they can help each other and, and commiserate when they need to. Great stuff. Sounds like you're doing you're doing something right, Lawrence, and you're, you're running a great program. So thank you very much. And Thank you very much, um, Maddie and Sandy, for joining us today. I thought it was really insightful and, and full of loads of useful information. So uh, thank you very much. Thank you for thank having you. us. Well, thank you very much. Okay, thanks.